Namaskar and welcome to Weekly Global Insights, episode number 327. A shout out to our viewers to like this program so it can reach its maximum potential. Today is Tuesday, 39th of March, and this is what is happening around the globe. We start off with the Russia-Ukraine confrontation, and Kremlin says that there is no breakthrough in peace talks, and the focus of Russia now seems to be the annexation of Donbass region, controlled by the Russian-backed rebels. The fog of war and disinformation or misinformation, Lavrov denies Shoigu problem, but Monitor claims Putin and Shoigu are in nuclear bunker. Shoigu, I think, is the defense minister. Sidaji, Namaskar. Sir, your thoughts? Is he the defense minister, Shoigu? Yes, Namaskar. Good morning, good evening to everybody. Yes, he is the defense minister. Uh, and uh, there's been rumors floating around of the imminent nuclear strike as a deterrence uh, or a possibility. And uh, suddenly the defense minister uh, disappeared. The two reasons attributed. One, in either he has uh, been, uh, uh, he has resigned or second, he has had a heart attack. And Lavrov has come out uh, swinging basically saying both are not true. Uh, and uh, that's where we stand as regards, as regards to both uh, Mr. Putin and Mr. Shoigu. And the Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov to visit India on the 31st of March. Sridharji, they the head honcho came and went, Wang Yi, and now uh, Russia's Foreign Minister is coming. What do you think he's going to try and talk? Russia rupee-ruble pact may not come through because now G7 has rejected ruble payments, isn't it? Yes, I think that there's a lot of strategic maneuvers that are going on, G. Um, April 1st or April 2nd, April 2nd, if I'm correct, uh, Naftali Bennett has to yeah. visit India. India, okay. right. Yeah. So then Rangi has come and gone. Uh, there was also, uh, Lavra was to visit China and that flight got turned back. Uh, there's something that is not, uh, you know, going well for Russia. Okay. Now, obviously, you know, many, many Indian audiences believe we are, you know, advocating Western prophecy. But the fact is that uh, there is no none who is by the side of uh, Vladimir Putin uh, to for a resolution. Vladimir Putin has put himself into a position where from where he doesn't have a way to retreat to find a solution. You have uh, suddenly you have uh, Zelensky taking an assertive position while professing neutrality. He is basically saying many of the conditions that Putin are demanding are not going to be met. Um, then there's been the Western press, which has been advocating Israel and Turkey as potential values. So where does uh, Lavrov go to? The One of the most trusted partners of Russia right throughout this has been India. So it, it takes strategic importance. He is not coming for ruble. He is coming for how to find a way out of this specific crisis. That must be the reason for his visit to Shriji. And Turkey slash Israel are emerging as destinations for final negotiations should discussions get to that point. Now, I'm also hearing, Sridharji, and uh, you may correct me if I'm wrong, that now Ukraine is going on the offensive. And in fact, it is driving Russian troops out from some places. It has, it has. I think uh, even from Kiev, they have pushed uh, pushed them across. Uh, look, I think 
there is so much of misinformation war going on and you have i've seen some of the videos which show russian tanks advance but nobody tells you whether the russian tanks are advancing in eastern ukraine which is the donbas region which is under the control of the rebels so not only I, I'm, I'm also told the liprin uh, you know uh, mayor has is confirming that they have regained they've driven the russian forces out so your point is very well made that the focus of russia seems to be more around uh, hopefully holding some of the places they have uh, occupied and obviously donbas region seems to be donbas and crimea seems to be the area that they're focusing on even maripol uh, there seems to be concentric circles of encirclement notwithstanding the fact there has been bombardment the uh, humanitarian corridor uh, zelensky has refused so effectively as you rightly say uh, zelensky seems to be on the offensive and winning uh, while russia is saying it is recalibrating its war agenda and EU seeks to end golden passport schemes, urging revoking of visas to Russians. This is a very interesting step. Let's wait and see what happens. In US news, Biden says he is not walking back from the Putin should not be in power comment and as more US troops head to Europe. So there was this, this you know, attempt last weekend to try and walk back what he had said as if it was an off-the-cuff remark. But now Biden is sticking to his stance, Sridharji. First, first and foremost, no president, leave alone a leading superpower, would go to a public platform and make an utterance of that magnitude. In fact, none of the leaders in the world have stood by that statement. There were three kind of clarifications that came as with regard to that specific statement and up and down. And then came his final point, which is late yesterday in from the White House. I'm standing by the statement. All he could have said is that, you know, Russia, Vladimir Putin, who has held a center stage of global politics, must demonstrate more restraint and come to a negotiating table rather than saying regime change is unfit and all these kinds of attributes uh, that he has done. Very, very unfortunate regime. And Biden also proposes 5.8 trillion 2023 budget that would increase spending on defense, police and climate change and will be funded by raising taxes on the wealthy and corporations. Sridharji, what happened to defund police? Well, Defund police is now refund police, Rinji. Uh, and uh, so therefore the refund police is basically because uh, Democrats have a very interesting way to find a budget. There is too much of crime in communities. The crime wave within the community, uh, lower, you know, lower strata of communities must be prevented. And, you know, we will come up with a various stage of various phases of programs. So it requires funding. By the way, we are taking money off the table for COVID. How do we direct the capital towards that? We did $6.2 trillion in 2022. We need to come somewhere close, leave some provisions. So the budget is going to end up with $5.8 trillion. How do we fund it? We fund it by uh, increasing those who earn $1 billion, those who have $100 million to be 20% and etc. Anyway, we did the 2022 budget breakdown for you. We will do the 2023 budget breakdown as well. 
House panel is working on policies to curtail Biden's catch and release policies that continue to impact illegal immigration. Sir, I think we have beaten this with, uh, to death. So let's move on. Mike Pompeo says US should recognize China as an adversary rather than a competitor with growing CCP threats. House panel is going to be investigating Chinese ownership of the Forbes magazine. Wow. That is something new, Sridharji. Well, I think that they have either a controlling stake or they have a significant stake in Forbes. Uh, Forbes is considered as the pantheon of free market capitalism and, you know, an advocate of uh, free markets. The Chinese have a significant But isn't the CEO a Republican, sir? Uh, well, you know, it depends Forbes. on which they, they yeah, the, the, Steve Forbes. Steve Forbes, yeah, depends on which day you speak. So therefore, you know, he can, they all can speak both sides of the mouth. It's the money that matters. So it's, there's no Republican or Democrat. The only thing that matters is money uh, in free market economics. So I think that that is the story. But I think there is the truth is that there is a stake. The question is what stake and whether that is playing a part in influencing. I mean, um, on you know public platforms, uh, you know you can see some of these major leading uh, free market publications: Bloomberg, uh, Forbes. Uh, even maybe to some extent other, uh, without mentioning the names, people can do their own research, uh, you know, are tooting, uh, you know, some of the policies which is contrarian to the free market economics, which simply implies that, you know, something else is at play. And in India news, time-tested India-Maldives relationship stresses Indian external affairs minister and a force of stability. India's external affairs minister will also be visit Sri Lanka and was in Colombo to, to witness firsthand the IOC, Indian Oil Corporation, support for petrol distribution. Sri Lanka Navy and Air Force to be trained on Indian Navy's advanced helicopters. India-UAE ties to be a defining partnership of the 21st century, asserts Piyush Goel, India's commerce and industry minister. So a lot of things happening in and around India. Siddharji? Yes, I think uh, there's a lot of things happening which just reflects that India is an epicenter. India is uh, clearly trying to win that Indian Ocean game with partnership with Sri Lanka and Maldives. Uh, there were some statements that came out, but India and Maldives are uh, stood very strong. Uh, Wang Yi visited, uh, if you recall, uh, went to Nepal, but the Nepalese, uh, Mr. Dube, uh, Daube, or Mr. Dube, is coming to. Uh, uh, to India to visit uh, Kashi Temple as well as so there's a lot of diplomatic uh, engagement and movements going on. Clearly, we have covered this very extensively. India UAE strategic partnership as well as the India UAE Israel corridor. So India seems to be edging along uh, while the world is distracted with either COVID or distracted with the energy crisis or distracted with Ukraine war. Of course, no less a person than Lavrov himself is coming to India. And in Asia news, Singapore signs strategic accord with the United States and insists that the U.S. presence is vital for security in South China and Indo-Pacific. U.S. and Philippines begin war games as South China sea tensions linger, especially around the Scarborough Shoal. Myanmar junta rejects meeting or discussions with opposition terrorists. They call them the terrorists. Very interesting. Asia overall faces an economic crisis coming from COVID, <coughs> Ukraine war, supply chain logistics, and a weak global economy. Sridharji, 
a lot of realignments or just i mean cementing of existing alignments happening sir ASEAN is concerned we have covered it uh, they are very uh, aligned with united states on all policies uh, you know barring myanmar and to some extent cambodia almost all of the asean is aligned on three fronts on strategic front uh, they see united states as a, as a strategic kind of an umbrella number two they are aligned with the ukraine sanctions they stood by the ukraine sanctions and number three they have been following the covid protocols and being supportive in managing the supply chain issues to the best of the ability as well as the capital flows continue to happen into the asean region with exits potentially from hong kong and russia and in west asia Russia will always be part of OPEC plus, says the UAE energy minister. And in market news, market futures are flat ahead of consumer confidence after a modest uptick on Monday. Markets witnessed a brief yield curve inversion, warning signs of recession. Sridharji, can you kind of quickly tell us what a yield curve inversion means and why it suggests recession ahead? When your short term rates are greater than long-term rates, that means the borrowing cost is greater in shorter term, then that means there is an impending inflation and potentially recessionary pressures which makes capital supply constrained. So for a brief period of time, the three-year rates was around 2.6% and uh, the 30-year rates was around uh, 2.55. So there was almost a five basis point difference when the short-term rates were greater than the 30-year rates. That caused the markets to flip and pause. And bond markets are hovering around 2.5% while oil falls below $110 to a barrel. Do you see that oil will start falling again, sir, now that uh, something seems to be happening as far as the Russian conflict with Ukraine is concerned? Do you think normals will come back fast? Uh, this specific aberration in pricing as a result of shutdown uh, in uh, Shenzhen and potential economic contraction in China as a result of whether there is going to be a demand suppression uh, from the Chinese side, which caused the markets to pause. This specific uh, market aberration is a result of that strategy. Uh, we need to still wait and see as to uh, how exactly this war will take shape that will determine the disruptions in energy prices. And with that, our news comes to a close today. We'll be back again on Wednesday morning. Talk to you. See you all. Thank you very much, Sridharji, and Namaskar.